Hello, and welcome to the Self Project Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Martin, and I'm a life mindset and human design mentor who is all about helping you heal and rediscover your authentic self so you can go out and do some really epic stuff. So this podcast is going to be all about spirituality, self-empowerment, self-discovery, wellness, healing, parenting, sobriety, mental health, you name it, we're going to talk about it. This is all about helping you along in your own self-project journey. So go ahead and let's sit back and dive right in. So I want to welcome to the show today, Victoria Shaw. And Victoria is a licensed professional counselor and spiritual coach who combines her background and training in psychology and counseling with her intuitive gifts to help clients heal, grow, and realize their spiritual and full personal potential. And I'm really, really excited to have her on the show today um, because not only that, she also has her own podcast. She um, is the author of her own self-help books for parents, children, and teens. And so I just have to say, Victoria, thank you so much for taking your time to be here today to talk with us more and to share with us all the things you're going to share with us. So if you don't mind, do you um, mind just telling us a little bit more about yourself and kind of more of your story? Absolutely. First of all, thank you for having me. This is one of my favorite things to do to talk about intuition and and to share uh, with others. So thank you for giving me that opportunity. And uh, my story is kind of going from overwhelmed mom, this was a while ago, um, to what I do now, which is an intuitive counselor and coach. And I mean, the story probably goes back even longer than that. But it was really when I found myself in my 30s, mother of two kids, completely overwhelmed by that parenting experience, and also had left a career behind to have kids. And so I was really at this place in my life where I knew there was something I was supposed to be doing that I wasn't doing. And I just was like, please, please, please show me uh, the way out of this. And I think a lot of times when we you know, give the universe that call to serve, she answers. And, and so for me, it was bringing a lot of people into my life who were a little more out of the box. My training is as a research psychologist. I have a PhD from an Ivy League. So left brain, you know, all the way. And um, all of a sudden, here I am with two kids, you know, with this wacky um, alternative pediatrician who just keeps, you know, hooking me up with energy healers and medical intuitives. And uh, it really rocked my world. And then at the same time, I started to realize, you know, and have that awareness that a lot of the struggles I was having on that parenting journey were, you know, because my own journey being parented wasn't so marvelous. And so I was also being called to start to like address and heal a lot of those wounds. And in doing so, I think I really did, you know, blossom as a parent for sure. But it also um, really guided me towards the work that I do today because my own healing journey um, is one that, you know, I now can support others on. I really love that. Um, I love that you talk about, I resonate a lot with your story because I myself left a career to become a stay-at-home mom, came from the medical background. I was a nurse. So, um, okay, you know, and you talk about being very left-brained, very science-based. Um 
So very, and I know that this kind of taps into before we started recording, I was telling you myself how I um, kind of experienced my own spiritual awakening within the last year and how it just, you know, doing things like energy healing, like I'm an energy healer myself now, and just how it really, like you said, kind of rocked my world. Like, um, right. you know, what am I dealing with here? What's the science behind it? What's, where's the tangible, you know, evidence of the things that are going on here? So I would really love to hear, um, you know, you, you really work with people you say who are using their struggles and life experiences to feel their own spiritual awakenings. Is that kind of correct? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, when you have a struggle in life and I think 2020 has brought a lot of struggles to a lot of lives, myself included. Um, and so when the outside world is challenging you, I mean, you can look at it as, oh no, make it stop. And it's normal if you want to do that a little bit. But you can also start to turn that around and recognize that on a certain level, life is happening for us, not to us, and that every struggle that we have is an opportunity to look inside and to grow. And it doesn't mean that you know life has to be hard. I don't believe life has to be hard. I actually think that our highest self, spirit, source, God, however you want to put it, um, really wants us to be joyous. And I think one of the major reasons why we come to earth, and this is I've been shown this again and again by my guidance, is you know to to have fun and to play and to live from a place of joy. However, I also think that for a lot of human beings, a lot of the learning and growth that we do comes through struggle. And it doesn't have to be, but it often is. And when it is, you know, it's really a matter of how are you going to show up for what's happening in your life and how are you going to use that as a catalyst for your own evolution and healing and growth. And, you know, for me, every challenge I get, I welcome it. I, I don't invite them, <laughs> but I welcome them um, once they're there. And I really, you know, try to use each experience as a way, as a catalyst for my own personal growth. And I try to help others do the same. I love that. This actually kind of reminds me, I was listening to um, a podcast this morning. It was Jim Fortin, and he was talking about just taking the perception of just everything being a blessing. So something happens to you. He was talking about how he's recently going through um, just some really surprise heart failure and he was in the hospital for a few days. And instead of looking at it, you know, as like, why is this happening to me? Just a blessing. Like, you know, we, like you say, we're here to be, that's one of my favorite expressions. Like we're here to be human beings, not human doing, you know? Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. And a lot of times, you know, your mind will judge an experience as good or bad, but your your soul doesn't see it that way, right? To your soul, everything's neutral. And, you know, some, some paths that you take are maybe, maybe more expeditious than others. Some are more spiritually aligned, but, you know, your soul is always looking down at you with love and great respect. And sometimes what looks like a bad idea or a bad... Um, a bad situation is actually an amazing opportunity and it doesn't have to feel like it either. Like I'm really, I'm not a fan of people kind of spiritually whitewash, uh, spiritually bypassing or whitewashing over things and being like, you should feel good. You should be happy. Yes, you have cancer, but it's a great opportunity. Like I don't, I don't approach things that way because we have to tend to our human side. And when life is hard, it's hard. And so you want to definitely be kind to yourself and you want to allow yourself to have whatever feelings that come up because that's part of your human humanity. 
But I think it's just also important to hold that door open as much as you can to that greater understanding that it's happening for you and that there's there's things to be gained through this experience. And the more you orient with that, the more ease you'll have through whatever you're going through and the more potential you'll have to use whatever you're experiencing now, you know, for your greatest and highest spiritual good. Oh my gosh. Yes. And sometimes um, too, you know, you can't see it until you're on the other side of it. I love that you bring up like spiritual bypassing because that, you know, I've seen myself try to do that several times too, not wanting to go through something. So you like you said, hold on to that. And the human mind wants to judge good or bad. So you hear something like, you know, it's happening for you, not to you. And then you're sitting there going, but it hurts. And then you judge that, right? Or you pretend like you don't feel that way. Or you get mad at the person who says that. And it's like, what do you mean it's happening for me? Like, you know, I'm sorry, you won't record that that little gesture. But, you know, you get really upset. And that's normal. It's normal to have that part. It's just about holding open the possibility. And for some of us, we can hold open that door a little bit wider because our perspective and our situation allows us to but even a crack is enough. It is. And sometimes you don't get that till later either. You know, I've had many, many experiences that I've gone through where I could not see the the lesson or the story or, you know, why I had to go through it at that time until later. So, And that moment when you can look back and go, oh, wow, now I see how I grew from that. That's where you can forgive yourself and the experience and, you know, grow grow through it or from it. Um, but that's an organic process. You know, you can't force that. You just have to like, you know, align with it and wait for it to become realized. So, you know, through this all, we talked about, um, you know, I've seen a lot of people, especially we're being forced to get a lot more still with ourselves this year. We're getting forced to slow down. We're getting forced to almost, it felt like for myself, really getting back in tune with myself, back in tune with, you know, just everything going on, the whole mind, body, spirit experience. And I know that you really have a specialty in kind of sharing about how we can, um, you know, maybe access and leverage the power of our inner wisdom. Did you mind sharing more about that? Absolutely. So for me, the biggest shift for me in terms of my life, the work that I do now, pretty much everything was tapping into the power of my intuition. And so the way that I understand it and experience intuition. Intuition is like that sense of knowing that you know something deep in your bones. You don't know how you know it. It's not a logical thing. It's nothing you've been taught, but you know it. And it turns out to be correct. And every person, I have, I've yet to meet a person who hasn't had an experience at least once in their life when they knew something, they didn't know how they knew it. And they're like, oh my God. Usually the time we recognize those things the most are those moments when you have a hunch that you shouldn't do something and you do it anyway. And then you're like, oh man, I should have followed that hunch. Those are actually the best moments to recognize that your intuition is is operational and it's working the way it's supposed to. Um, and so for me, what happened is, you know, back to this, this wacky pediatrician, uh, he kept hooking me up with all of these out of the box people and all the people that I was working with. And most of this was for my kids kept saying to me, Victoria, you're super intuitive. You're super intuitive. What are you going to do with this? And it took me a while, but then I finally started to listen and I looked back in my life and I realized, you know, I'd been this way my whole life, but I didn't have 
a way of explaining it or a framework for understanding it. And like many human beings too, a lot of times I discounted it because, you know, the world was rewarding me for, you know, getting degrees and publishing papers and being smart, quote unquote. Um, But no one was saying, hey, you're so intuitive. And I think even in my left brain world and when I was doing all of the work, especially not at the very end, but on my way up, I was always guided by my intuition. And I think the thing that people always said, wow, you know, that's really insightful. It was always my inner wisdom. And I think that's true for all of us. You know, whatever you're doing, when you're doing it well, you're aligned with your soul and you're tapping into your inner knowing. And I think of that intuition piece as like our spiritual GPS system. It's, you know, you come into human form and you forget that you're a spiritual being and you forget all the the wisdom that your soul has. And it's supposed to be that way. However, we all have this little, little lifeline back home and that's your intuition. And so it's your spirit, your soul, however you want to look at it, always communicating with you, always guiding you. And we just need to learn to listen to it. And there's not a person on this planet that doesn't have intuition because we're all spiritual beings having a human experience. And that intuition is your spiritual guidance system. Now, would you say, is this starting to tap into things like um, how your intuition shows up for you? Like whether you're clairaudient or like claircognizant? So yeah, everyone experiences their intuition differently. And um, so one of the things when I teach intuition development, you know, I help people identify what comes naturally to them. So for some people, it's a feeling of knowing. It's just, I don't know how I know, but I know it in my bones. For other people, it's they hear their guidance. And usually, not always, but usually you hear it um, not like, um, you know, someone in the room, but you hear that's that still calm voice in your head. Um, some people have visions and see guidance, or sometimes they even see things like auras or energy. Um, other people had the, you know, the, I think the most common form of intuition are those body sensations, like the chills or a weird feeling in your stomach. Or um, my favorite client, I tell this story all the time. Her tell when something was a, when she was about to make a choice that wasn't like ideal, she'd feel like she was wearing a scratchy sweater. It would just feel all itchy. <laughs> and, you know, we learned, you know, working together, she learned to identify, oh, yeah, you know, every time I had that kind of feeling, I, that was my intuition saying, uh-uh, don't do this. And so it's it's starting to, like, reopen that dialogue with your inner wisdom, understanding how it uniquely speaks to you, what comes naturally to you, and um, just becoming aware. And intuition is sort of, it's always happening. And it's always happening, whether you know it or not, it's happening for every human being all the time. So it's more a matter of t- turning your attention to it and sort of opening up that channel. And as you do, as you start to just say the words intuition, think about intuition, wonder, is this my intuition? Invite in your intuition, take classes, you know, listen to books about intuition, listen to podcasts about intuition. It will develop on its own, you know, without any instruction any teaching, even though I, I do think all those things can be helpful, the most helpful thing is to set that intention to align with your intuition, and then it will show you. I love that. I was going to say, um, you know, with my own, I find mine shows up in the 
the manner of like, I just know, or like a thought will just pop in my head. Like I recently, no, it was yesterday, did um, a past life regression meditation. And literally by the end of it, I had this, you know, whole story of who I was in a past life. And then, then I find myself, I'm like, did I just make that up? Was that just, was that my imagination? So I think that that's something that we often, often do too. Do you see a lot of just questioning Yes. And I love what you just said. Okay. Because you did this visualization and you got a very specific story, right? Very, very specific. And if you think about by chance, like, why would I make that particular thing up? Right. I mean, we, we are so used to questioning those things. What I always tell people, and I I do past life reading, so I get past lives for people all the time. Um, but what I tell people about intuition, about, you know, Yes, there are times when it's it's a wishful thinking and intuition, you know, can be very very close. However, as we learn to trust, as we learn to listen, our discernment will improve. And imagination and intuition are the same muscle. And so you have to allow yourself to trust that imaginary sense, you have to allow yourself to fall into it, to work with it, and then eventually it will get trained to such a point that you will be very clear. You know, you will be increasingly clear of what's your intuition and what's, you know, your mind making things up. But remember, your mind makes things up all the time. And in a way, a lot of that's guided by your intuition anyway. So it's it's a very fine line. And, you know, kids are naturally imaginative, right? And they naturally live in that kind of world where fantasy and reality distinction hasn't really caught you know, sunk in yet. So until kids are about six or seven years old, everything's kind of like, you know, dreamy and it's not, it's not like so cut and dried. And that's the time when kids are most connected with their intuition, because again, they're comfortable in that space of imagination. So the past life that you intuited, if you don't mind me saying is, a, is well, not, not a hundred percent, you're about 88% accurate. So you missed a couple of things, but I mean, that's pretty amazing, right? When you think about it, that's my read, of course, but um, you know, that's way better than chance. And I will also say, cause I'm just feeling guided to say it, the, the science in me want, you know, wants to also point out there's amazing research about psychic phenomenon, any kind of psychic phenomenon you can imagine, including reincarnation. There is great evidence-based replicatable way, way, way beyond chance, you know, odds of it being true research. And there's tons of it over a lot of time. There's a lot of books. Um, happy to share a couple of titles if they pop into my brain. But just know this has all been researched. And it's just the idea that, you know, it doesn't fit with a lot of people's worldview right now. I think that's shifting and changing so quickly. And so sometimes science, when something doesn't fit with science's worldview, tends to everything is it's a very social uh, construct. And so if you're going to a peer review, review journal and the you know people in charge don't believe in something, it's going to be harder to get your work published. But there is plenty of work that has been published, you know, at Ivy League schools. So just be aware of that. There's a lot of evidence if that helps people. I think that that's fantastic because like I said, there's a lot of us that are very, you know, science-based or evidence-based and, you know. Yeah, no, it's fabulous. And we all need, you know, the validation for me, the validation that my intuition was working was in the proof was in my life and the way things just magically started to align for me and the way I felt better every day. And people were coming up to me and saying, I don't know what you're doing, Victoria, but you're like a different person. And I really like you now. <laughs> you know, I like you more. Sometimes it was like you more, but a couple people were like, yeah, I like you now. Um, it's all good. But 
so that was really it for me. And then in my work too, right? There's, I've just been doing this long enough where you have enough of these things where you do a reading for someone, they're just like, what? And then you, you know, you have that validation and that's a beautiful thing. Um, but you know, my scientific mind likes the fact that that's out there too. And, you know, towards reincarnation, just in case you're curious, there's amazing research, um, Ian Stevenson, he he's passed on. I think someone else took over his work after that. But what he did is so cool. He looked at children who had spontaneous past life memories because kids usually below the age of six and often in cultures where reincarnation is, is part of, you know, that cultural ideal and people. So people believe in it anyway, will spontaneously remember their past lives. And what he did is he looked at these children and some of them had lives where there were certain details that he could then research and they were verifiable. And it was about 70% accuracy, 70 to 72% accuracy in these kids' past lives, which is memories, which is insane. You know, I, I worked in a, I did research for years in psychology that you don't get that, that kind of accuracy. Wow. I'm just, this stuff is mind blowing to me just to like, you know, just how much my mind has expanded beyond, um, you know, just everything, what we're told. And um, I would love to know, this is going to be like taking it just kind of on a personal tangent, but um, what do you, what do you think's going on right now? Like, do you um, believe in the whole thing with Ascension that we're ascending from like a 3D to a 5D right now? Sure. Why not? Um, you know, I'm, I kind of, um, prefer to dance to the beat of my own drum and when I'm into my intuition, meaning I like to hear my guidance and my guides, and I don't like to get too hung up in the shoulds and the stories. Cause I do think though, a lot of the new agey stuff is super helpful, super enlightening for people and is really beautiful. Um, it also can sometimes be, you know, where people, are trying to again build a story, understand things with their minds, and you know that's that's fine, but intuition doesn't come from there. And so I don't try to get too hung up on the details or the labels or the names, you know, because I don't think that's super important. But um, I do think, yeah, for sure, we're in a time of great change. And however you want to explain it, whatever words you want to use, ascension is fine, 3D to 5D is fine, but we are definitely in a time of great change and transformation for humanity. And um, it feels a little uncomfortable to many of us right now, because in order to do that, it's like turning up the heat, right? And all the crap is floating to the top. Um, but I do believe that it's in service of the potential for a much kinder, gentle, gentler, and more harmonious uh, human experience moving forward. So um, hoping we'll start to see the evidence of that soon, you know, or in our lifetimes, but that's where we're heading. And the other thing that, you know, has been coming through for me recently, which I think is so interesting, because I've always, you know, when people say things are so terrible, I'm someone who reads past lifetimes. And I've remembered a lot of my past lifetimes. And so far, not to jinx it, but I think we're good. You know, this one feels okay. <laughs> like, and I remember, you know, past lifetimes, like of war and destruction and torture. And I know those things are still happening on the planet now, but they're not happening to the same degree, say that they were, at least I understand they were, wasn't there, you know, in the middle ages or other times. And what I think is happening now more than anything else is that a certain segment of humanity has reached a certain level of awareness where, you know, we can really look at those things. And there's a big chunk of people that goes, oh my God, that's wrong. 
Whereas I think there are periods of time when that level of awareness wasn't present. And so it was sort of business as usual. So I think what makes this period of time really interesting is that even though there's still some messy stuff going on, and even though some of the messy stuff is really messy and incomprehensible, it's all happening um, behind this backdrop of increased awareness on the planet, not of everybody on the planet, but of a good segment of, of human beings or spirits rather that are, you know, having that human experience right now that are able to um, bring that higher level of awareness, which can raise the vibration for everyone. So I hope that made sense. I love that. That makes a lot of sense. And I like that you said, you know, we can call it a lot of different things. Like I said, that's just been like the main thing that I've been hearing. Yeah, it's all good. I just, that's just, that's not my wording and I don't know all the details of that wording, but it's, uh, it's, it's all the same thing. You know, they're just words. I love what you're saying though, because I also see too, um, that it really is a time of great change right now. Just, it's that feeling of just knowing, I don't know, for me, it's just that feeling of knowing that there's change on the horizon. Some things, something good is coming, but I don't know. But. Absolutely. And it's happening all the time. You know, sometimes we don't see the good in tragedy or difficult things uh, because our brains focus on everything that's wrong. But, and there's a lot wrong. So I don't want to discount that. There's a lot of things that make you go, huh? But there's also been so many opportunities in 2020. Not again, that you have to say like, let me count my opportunities and make sure I'm leveraging them. I mean, you can if you want, but it's not a should, but there have been. And sometimes in tragedy too, it's those moments when, you know, you realize how many people care about you. You realize the resources that you have within. You learn different ways of relating to people or to the world. And all of these are opportunities. So don't discount the changes that are happening now. So. Thank you for sharing with us. I know I like to take us on tangents, just asking random questions. I'm like, I could ask you questions all day long, but let's kind of get back to, if you don't mind sharing with us, we were talking about inner wisdom and tapping into your intuition. Do you have like maybe one practice or one or two practices that you would say, or tips that you would really say um, that you could help develop that own muscle within yourself. Yes. I love that question. You know, I teach whole classes on this. So, you know, it's a process and there's books written and all of that. So there's lots and lots of information, but I think the first thing is just to start to learn how your intuition speaks to you. The first homework that I always give everybody, um, my intuition is, is giving me a different answer, but let me finish this thread. Sorry. Um, the first homework I always give everybody is to journal. Um, and if you don't want to write it down, it doesn't matter, but you know, you can record it um, in a voice recording too, but it's just, it's about tuning into any time in your life that you think your intuition was working, anytime presently that your intuition is working, because, you know, looking back and looking forward, it opens the dialogue and you start to have that record. And you'll say like, wow, yesterday I took a right when everything was telling me to took a, take a left and I was in traffic for three hours, you know? Or I have this feeling that, you know, something terrible is going to happen to someone, by the way, that's not usually your intuition, but you write it down and things are fine. So you start to get that feedback. And again, you start to also open the dialogue. So that's one of my favorite, like little practical tips that I give people that are starting out, like start keeping a record and start looking back, you know, at your childhood and things that, you know, because everyone can come up with these examples. And when you start to look at them, you'll be shocked how many times you're like, wow, how did I know that? You know, when I first met him on that first date, he looked really cute and I said, yes, but he turned out to be such a butthole, you know, whatever. So that journaling is another good way to do it. 
And another thing that really helps with our intuition is learning to still the mind. Because most of us live 24-7 in the chatter of our brains, right? Of our of our thinking mind. And the mind is really the antithesis of your intuition. It is the noise. You are the background to that noise and your intuition comes from the stillness. Even if it comes from stillness in a moment, right? That's that's how it works. That's where it comes from. So, you know, practices like meditation, uh, things like walking, you know, I find that being near water is another good one. Um, just doing, you know, driving some people stills their mind, but any practices that can really still your mind, taking a bath or a shower is another big one for people being in nature. Nature is amazing because you naturally vibrate when we're around things created and built by man, we vibrate energetically much more the energy of thought. Okay, because those things are created by thought. When you're around nature, it just brings you much naturally back to your natural still state. And um, that's why people really chill out and relax, and it relaxes your nervous system too and stills your mind. So, all of these things will help you connect with your intuition. And then the third thing that's coming through, and this is really a biggie, and I alluded to it before surround yourself by people that, you know, walk the talk of listening to. Their inner wisdom. Listen to podcasts like this. Read books. Go get a reading or work with an intuitive mentor or coach. Take a class because all of those things will naturally align you with your inner wisdom. I've seen it happen again and again. I did a book group for years where we just basically read books about intuition and spirituality. And I would watch people grow and develop in that group. Some of them were my clients, but most of them weren't. Um, but it was just from reading the books. They were setting that intention to connect with this part of themselves. And I watched again and again, people awaken and connect with their inner wisdom more and more. And I see this with my clients as well, my counseling clients, my coaching clients, not just people that come to me you know, to learn to be intuitive. It just happens naturally through that resonance of that being around someone who's tapping into their intuition and you will start doing it too. So cool. I wanted to also pick up on, um, you know, you had said sometimes um, that intuition might come through as fear. How do we kind of distinguish between, is this an intuition thing or is this just like a fear-based ego, but it's like popping up for me? Best question ever. (laughs) And one that I get all the time. Yeah. Cause it's really hard. Listen, your intuition is always calm and cool and neutral because your spirit doesn't have emotions. Your spirit doesn't have a sense of right and wrong. Your spirit doesn't judge. So the direct experience of your intuition is always neutral. It's always calm. And the fear is what your mind is doing. Okay. Now there are situations where you'll get a calm, clear, intuitive hit, and then your mind will go, oh my God, and start spinning. So that can sometimes be confusing, but I've had intuitive hits you know, things like people passing on, it's happened to me multiple times and they were all, always for a reason that it was helpful for me to know, but it was never dramatic. It was never, it was always clear and calm. And, um, you know, the, the times when it's been a little bit mushy or when my mind gets involved and that's okay too. If you have repetitive fears, um, you know, that's more likely from your childhood experiences and your wounding and your conditioning and what you've learned to be afraid of and that you're triggered. And, you know, if your mom was always afraid of snakes and she always said, be careful of the snakes, and then you are always afraid that you're going to step on a snake, that's probably not your intuition. Um, But you can ask your intuition to help you solve that and help you release that. And I'll also say 
on the same question too, that the best, or let me just rephrase that. The worst way to try to tell the difference between fear and intuition is to engage the fear. So if you're really wound up and you're really afraid about something, don't try to ask your intuition then to help you or to be clear. You won't be clear because you're you're kind of wound up. Those are the moments. Just be kind to yourself, to do what you need to do to soothe yourself through the fear, and then to ask for guidance. And the guidance will usually come to you when you chill out just a little bit, and it'll always come and you'll always hear it. But in those moments when we're really activated, we're more likely to just spin in our mind than we are to hear our highest guidance. I love that you said that, like you said that coming from your intuition, it's, it's calm. So I've heard that before too. So I'm really glad that you shared that with us. I also want to know, can you, can you carry fears and traumas from a past life too? So if you're kind of like, where is this coming from? There's nothing I've experienced like that. You can carry those also. Absolutely. I mean, usually what I see is a little bit of both. So there'll be a past life experience and then your spirit will have similar experiences in this life to kind of reactivate it a little bit, but it's not always that way. Um, But oftentimes that's how I see it. But absolutely we can have a a past life. I I think I use the term a lot of times past life overlay where uh, I remember one time when I was doing my internship, I was working with this guy and I noticed that like every time I'd be around this person, I would get stupid. Like, like I'm a pretty smart person. And we were actually in a study group together for our um, our licensing exam. And I just like, I couldn't focus. I couldn't think. I couldn't answer the questions. And I'm like, what's going on? So I meditated on it. And I discovered a past life that I had with him that was really traumatic. Like, you know, he like killed like my whole village and family. And like, it was bad. (laughs) And um, once I really realized that I was like, oh, you know, so what's happening is when I'm around him, I'm, I'm freaked out. And so then I was able to orient myself to the present moment to remember that's not happening now. Right. Like right now we are just colleagues and coworkers and, you know, he, he's not homicidal or, you know, I was not in danger. Um, you know, so orienting myself back to the present. And then the other thing that I did is I really looked at that life and asked, okay, obviously I'm meeting this guy again, right? What can I do now? What am I being called to do in this moment now with respect to, you know, in this context that will help repair or relieve or release some of that past life overlay? Because it's always about what's happening now. And what we don't want to do is, you know, borrow this idea that, you know, not only do you have your trauma in this life to deal with, but let's add some more. (laughs) It's not about that. It's just about recognizing that sometimes what's happening now, you know, is also related to stuff that happened when we are in other bodies and taking other perspectives. And then you orient yourself back to the now so that you can use that information. And then when you release it in the now, it's like super powerful. It goes all the way back through time. Wow. This is just incredible. So if you don't mind telling us, how do you work with other people then? You've already told us some um, different ways that you already do, but tell us again. (laughs) All right. So I do two distinct things and then I do them in a bunch of different ways. So in the state of Connecticut, um, I'm a licensed professional counselor. So I combine my intuitive gifts with my um, training in counseling and psychology and, you know, do counseling. And um, I really think that anyone who does counseling well is using their intuition and a lot of the older and also more model, uh, more um, recent um, counseling modalities, more and more are bringing in that spiritual piece, which I think is so cool. 
So I do that. Then outside of the state of Connecticut, and this is probably the bulk of my practice nowadays, where I work with people pretty much all over the planet, um, I do intuitive coaching or just intuitive uh, readings and or mentoring, any, any of the above. Um, where again, I draw on that, um, background for sure, but it's not so much, we're not treating a mental health condition the same way. I'm just really, you know, using my intuition to provide guidance for people on whatever they're working on, whatever's going on in their lives, helping them find that meaning, helping them to find their purpose. Um, you know, again, I'm always happy to, to help people tap into their inner wisdom. It usually happens naturally. Normally I do past life readings, and I also do what I call remote readings, where um, if you don't feel like getting on the phone with me, I will, you know, channel some wonderful wisdom from the guides on whatever questions that you have, and I will send you the the pro um, the product of that so that you can enjoy it in your own time. So those are the ways that people work with me one on one. I also have a podcast, so I talk a lot about all these topics: reincarnation, spirituality, and also just debunking a lot of the confusions that people get around common spiritual teachings, because our minds, like I said, are sometimes a little bit wonky, and you hear something but you don't hear it right, or a lot of people they can get you know distorted really fast. So that is one of my sweet spots. Um, I do readings on the podcast too, which is really fun. And then I also love teaching. So I have in January, I have, I'm going to do a, a little mini course in my Facebook group on law of attraction. That is hundred percent free. I'm so excited about that because I just love it. And then I'm also doing an uh, advanced intuition development class. You're also an author, right? I am. That was a while ago. Um, I have more stuff in the works, but yeah, I wrote uh, two books for uh, teens, uh, three books for teens and uh, preteens and a parenting book. Oh, that's so cool. I'll have to check all of that out. I'm really excited about um, checking out your podcast personally, because I just love, I could listen to, you know, these topics all day long. So I'm like, I'm going to go listen to more of what you have to say. <laughs> yeah. And the opportunities we have now to collect, connect with people all over the world. I just, I just think it's so magical and it's, it's just the time that this really needs to happen. So I'm, I'm really grateful for the experience and for the journey. So if you don't mind telling us, where can we find you online, your website? I don't mind at all. Okay. So my website is um, victoriashawintuitive.com. So that's pretty easy, victoriashawintuitive.com. I'm also active on Facebook, Victoria Shaw Intuitive Counseling, and my Facebook group, um, which please, please, please join because we're having so much fun. And I do a lot, a lot of live teachings and questions and answers and readings, and I'm just having a blast. That is Intuitive Connection Community. And that goes along with my podcast, which is Intuitive Connection with Victoria Shaw. Awesome. And everything will be linked in show notes. So you can scroll down and connect straight with Victoria, um, join her group, check out her website. So I just have to say thank you so much for being here today. Um, we've covered so, so much in this episode and you've given us so many great, great takeaways and just things to think about. I'm like, I'm going to have to go process some more. <laughs> after. But Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is my happy place. I could do this all day. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Self Project Podcast. I hope that you were able to find something useful or inspirational to take away with you today. So come and connect with me over on Instagram. It's at 
underscore Christy Martin. And let me know what you want to hear more of. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. And I will see you next time.